Welcome in to the Fantasy Tilt Podcast. Here are your hosts, Keaton Denley and Nate Hamilton. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Tilt Podcast. I'm your host, Keaton Denley, joined as always by your favorite analyst, Nate Hamilton. How are you doing tonight, Nate? I hope you didn't just panic because I hit the mute button as soon as you started the intro. Um, I just I just had to let out a massive burp, so... I'm feeling much better now. This isn't this isn't the off the rails episode, so you got to keep it under control for this one. We got to oh, keep sorry. this one on. on <laughs> we were just talking about off the rails. We're already going there. All right, let's. <laughs> so in tonight's episode, I want to put this in a little bit of a nutshell. We're going to uh, do do our tilts. We'll do some news. We're going to talk about. I'm going to talk briefly about why fantasy football should be easy, but it's actually pretty hard. Nate, go ahead and get tilted. So, honey, what are you going to rant about today? Worst day of my life? What do you think? Don't interrupt. It grinds my gears when you do that. You have to do better than this. Tell him, McCluskey. Tell him what time it is. You don't wait that long. The meatloaf! We want it now! The meatloaf! That's, that's what our show is. All right, so, as you said, fantasy football is hard, and... I got to say, this is probably one of my worst fantasy football seasons I've had in a very long time, maybe ever. Um, in two of my big home leagues that cost me a collective uh, $400 in buy-ins, I'm sixth and seven both, sixth, in, sixth place in one, fifth place in the other. And the thing is, I'm not a lock to make the playoffs in either league. And I have the toughest matchups in both of these leagues this week. So it's very possible. That right now I'm clinging on to one of the last two uh, playoff spots. And it's very possible I lose both of these matchups. And I don't make it in either oh, one. No. And that, that to me, just the way the season has gone. Um, I, I, you know, last week I, I, I lost the game by 22 points. And I had Lamar Jackson who got me 1.34 points or whatever. So that one right. really hurt. And that that probably would have actually clinched a playoff spot. But now I'm on the bubble and likely going to lose this week. Uh, so anyways, that's that's a fantasy football part of it. Now, I've been doing a it's, lot. It's more. a pre-tilt almost, really. It's You're a, getting tilted actually, ahead of time. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of like it's like because you you mentioned how fantasy's tough. But you, you want to know what else is tough? Betting, my friend, because I am I am also I'm doing sports betting this year. And I, I'm true yep. degenerate already, where I find live things from all different countries playing all different sports, and I'll throw a bet in on it. But I'll tell you what I'm tilted about for for this week specifically. Okay. And it has to do with the Monday Night Football game. Uh, and, and I won't give anything away for you, but this is what I dealt with on Monday night. Okay? So... I'm getting sick of hitting all but one of my parlays. So a parlay is a type of bet that you can stack like two, three. It's usually just more than one bet that you collectively have to hit all of them in order for you to win the bet, right? So yeah, it happens to me all the time. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I'll get four out of five. I'll get two out of three. And the thing is, like, that the one I miss on, I don't miss by much at all. I'll give you an example. So Monday Night Football, 
I was taking the unders in pretty much everything because I knew the matchup between the Bucks and Saints were just, it was going to be a bore fest. Like I was just going to be sleeping through the game. So I figured I'd make it interesting and bet on it. And on paper, that looks okay even now, looking at the, the scores. I mean, you should have been okay. Correct. And I was, for the most part, except for one uh, bet in two different parlays. So the first one, I missed on a three-leg parlay where I took the under on Mike Evans at 55 and a half receiving yards. He ended up with 59, right? <laughs> the other parlay that I missed, this is the big one was a five leg parlay that I took the under for Tom Brady at 279.5 passing yards. He ended the game with 281 and it came oh, in the no. final seconds of the game. So yeah. I would have had a gigantic payoff if it weren't for that. First of all, he's never come back from down 13, I think, in the last quarter. The only time he's ever done that was against the, the Falcons in the Super Bowl. He had some like crazy record right. where he was like 40 and one or something in that situation. And of course, it had to happen. So I lost my last leg of my parlay and missed it. So it's been a rough week. <laughs> I now need yeah. to win both my matchups next week to even have a chance of making the playoffs. Like I think I need other teams to lose now too. So it's just, it's just a whole terrible. I'm just, I'm done. Tilt over. <laughs> no kidding. You know, I, I want to analyze this a little bit. So you have two teams, you need to win both of them, right? And maybe get, maybe mm -hmm. get some help. Are you relying on a lot of the same players? Like, do you find that you own the same stock and players on a lot of different rosters are they pretty different did you diversify actually so typically the answer to that question is yes this year i did diversify because i'm essentially in two leagues that are identical they're both two quarterback leagues and and they're both you know it's a cousin of mine and a very close friend of mine who's married to uh one of my cousins so mm -hmm. i wanted I, on purpose I wanted to have two completely different um, draft strategies going into them and see what one worked. And it, it appears neither one might, might be the answer. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, yeah, so uh, my tilt is definitely uh, Monday Night Football related as well. Um, my, week, my week started pretty well. I had a, a dynasty league where um, I, going into the week, I, I kind of needed the win. I I'm actually ended up being okay as far as the playoff situation. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo for a third round pick. I, I kind of got some laughs in the ch chat. Oh, why are you doing that? Look who you have to start now. But then Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt like early in the game, and Walford actually outscores him, and I get a second and a third. So I'm like, hey, like that, you wow. know, it's not pretty, but it worked out. I got a couple extra points and I got the picks. So I'm, I was feeling pretty good about it. And then I get to Monday Night Football. This is a game that I just didn't want to watch. I mean, I had one matchup where I needed like three and a half points from Jarvis Landry. That's a lock. And the other one, I needed like 20 points from half yeah, Fournette's been hurt. Uh, you know, they've been given the, the younger running back white, a, a lot of run. That one's, it's not going to happen. So I'm not going to watch the game because I've won this one and I've lost the other one. It's fine. Right. Well, I get to the first quarter and the 20 points I need from Fournette, he's got 6.3 in the first quarter. Oh, Looking good. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn them on. I'm gonna see what's going on here. Like I got he's on pace for 24. And let me let me check in on Landry. This should be fine, right? 
Oh no, it's not fine. Um, Landry ends up with 3.4, 3.40, and I needed 3.56. So less than five feet is is the difference between a win and a loss. And Nate, that's the league, Dice League that I'm in with you. And the only saving grace there is there's like a $5 payout if you have the closest win or loss. So did you win that? I think I've got that pretty much locked down. Yeah. Losing by 0.16 points. It's five feet. It, it's four. It's I figured it out. It's four feet, eight and a half inches. I think. Because you like better believe you were so tilted. Fight. You were so tilted. You had to go and do the math. You just had to. You wanted to know how many inches you lost by. So yeah, and then Leonard Fournette. I mean, he had point three in the first quarter, and then finishes with eleven point one. So his first quarter stats were higher than the other three quarters combined. He like, couldn't even double it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and enough to give me hope, right? Right. Oh, like I awful. I knew I was gonna lose that one. And then when he has the, the first quarter he did, I think he had like three receptions on the first drive. I'm like, okay, this he's gonna get nine receptions in this game. He's gonna score a touchdown. I'm then I'm good. But it didn't work out that way. Pretty tilted about how Monday night football went. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, we've got one more week before the fantasy playoffs, so Hopefully those teams can put it back together and, uh, you know, I can make a run Those kinds of losses, though, really do just suck because, you know, when you lose by something as silly as, like, as you said, what, five feet, that is very, very tilting. Like, I'd rather get blown out of the water and just completely get destroyed than lose by such a close uh, number. And that's that. Yeah, that's a good tilt. Um, the next tilt, we need to be better at identifying offensive line performances before the season starts. Fantasy football relies so much on the line, and we just ignore it almost entirely. It's actually like an afterthought. But looking at the way this season's gone, it's really put it in perspective for me that you know we, we try to target, okay, the teams with the good quarterbacks or the teams with what we think good offense or the teams with star, you know, skill position players. But really, if you look at some of the, the those values you could have gotten in your drafts, they're coming from teams that have good offensive lines. If you look at right. just the lions offense, the lions as a team kind of crap, but they're giving you some value on the offensive side of the f- football. You look at Jamal Goff, um, Amon Ross St. Brown, like, mm there are values you could have had in your draft if you just not knew that the Lions were, you know, they're a top five offensive line. Um, we talked about this before with the Colts, right? Like yeah. Jonathan Taylor is supposed to be great, but the offensive line now sucks. So if we could just be better at identifying the offense, it's going to make the rest of fantasy football really easy. The problem is I think even the pros and the experts who analyze football, not necessarily fantasy, even they yeah. have a hard time knowing who these top offensive lines are. Um, but if you know who they, if you know who they're going to be, if you know the Texans or the Steelers or the Falcons or the Bears, like you can see these offenses struggle early in the year. It's really rough for them, um, and you can just avoid those taking Najee Harris in the first round of your draft, taking Jonathan Taylor too soon. Um, yeah. So call to action: if somebody can figure out a way to project offensive lines better. It's going to make fantasy football a lot easier for us, but I think that's why it's so hard right now. 
Yeah, I mean, in the Colts right there is probably the biggest one that you named because they they were hands down the best offensive line heading into this season. And, you know, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan gets a lot of hate with how poor he's played. But the truth is the guy, and I actually, I think I tilted about this a few weeks ago, is that he ne- he has zero time to throw the ball. This is when he lost his job. So it's been right. pretty pretty rough. And uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. If there's if there's a better metric, a better way to figure out just how good the current O line is, and and I don't know, there's got to be something. I'm with you on that, man. That's tough. Um, the other thing that helps is keep quarterbacks upright, which is going to take us into our news section because there are some quarterbacks who are not able to stay healthy. Um, staff. Jimmy Garoppolo and Lamar Jackson this last week, um, suffering injuries, re-aggravating injuries. Um, for Matt Stafford, he's been placed on IR. The Rams are three and eight. Um, his neck injury, they're just going to you know put him on the shelf the rest of the year. Hopefully, he's fine. And he can come back from this. But he's a guy who's had back problems in the past, had the neck issues, um, and, it, and it's gotten so bad they even have their backup quarterback, John Walford, has his own neck injury that he's re-aggravated. So the Rams have actually gone out and uh, claimed Baker Mayfield off of waivers. I mean, but Baker Mayfield is just not the answer on any team. Um, but there's always going to be, a, you know, an NFL team that is so desperate that they're going to employ uh, someone like Baker Mayfield, and we're probably going to see him uh, play very soon. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Rams season's over. What are you going to do? They're top two players are, are down with injury and it's just the way things go. Sometimes they weren't even playing that well prior to the injuries anyway. So yeah, that's a rough one for them. This one struck me as odd at first. Cause I thought, why would you bring in somebody at this point to try to win games when you're already three and eight? But then I remembered, Oh, the Rams don't have any of their picks cause they don't care about picks. <laughs> they play football. Like Nate plays fantasy, just get rid of the picks and, We'll see what That's happens. Right. So if they don't have their own picks, they don't care about wins or losses. True. Uh, so the next one, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, fractured his foot. Uh, it's not going to require surgery as it turns out, but the recovery time is seven to eight weeks, uh, which means for fantasy football, he's done for the year. Uh, there's potential he can come back if they make a playoff run. But this now puts uh, Brock Purdy in the crosshairs behind that offensive line. And this is Mr. Irrelevant. He was last pick in the draft. And he's irrelevant anymore um a lot of weapons on that offense are you tempering expectations for the pass catchers yes uh outside of christian mccaffrey who um i still believe can handle everything so and i think that he's gonna have to um you know it's 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 rough seas over in uh in san francisco right now i mean george kittle already has had a roller coaster type season and you know, I think he only had four receptions or four targets in the last game. So, yeah, I'm not liking um, anybody there uh, except for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So, and then the last one here, uh, you know, we have Lamar Jackson, um, PCL strain. He's going to be week to week. This is the yeah. one that I'm not as concerned for the team or the offense. Um, you know, if you're if you got Mark Andrews, you're rolling with him anyway. Um, I don't think that there's that big of a step down. Obviously, if you're starting Huntley, you're not expecting the same results you're getting from Lamar necessarily. Um, but actually, the stats might not bear that out. Um, I was looking at uh, Huntley's 
four games that he started last year. Um, yeah. His his passing yards per game of 193 is actually more than Lamar's averaging passing this season. Um, and Huntley's rushing yards per game last season were 60 per game. And Lamar is at 64 this season. Wow. So, if I mean, it's it's apples and oranges because it was last year's offense for the Ravens versus this year's offense. Of course. But Huntley kind of holds his own when he gets in there. So I think it can be serviceable at least for a couple of weeks. So if you got, you know, Andrews, for example, um, he's he's obviously the biggest piece. You're going to start him anyway. I don't think you have anybody better. Definitely. I agree. Um, so that's pretty much going to wrap it up for for our news. Obviously, the, the signal callers being the big, uh, you know, affects the most players when the quarterback goes down. But what we want to get into now is the rest of season. These are going to be players and suggestions that you can use. Maybe you've gotten desperate. Maybe you've lost one of these players to injury. You're trying to fill in that bye week, uh, week, week 14, um, or just try and make that playoff push, add that last piece of depth and what you can do uh, to help your team is late in the process, you know, past trade deadlines, things like that. Uh, what Nate and I have done, we looked at the strength of seats, got some skill position players. I've got some quarterbacks we can look at and um, just kind of the rest of the way. What what can you do based on schedule, outlook, projections for the next next month or so? So starting with the um, passing offenses, I pulled these numbers from from fantasy pros. Unfortunately for quarterbacks, it's not pretty. The teams that have the easiest strength of schedule are not the quarterbacks that you're going to want to be starting on your playoff run. Uh, the easiest strength of schedule for quarterbacks and passing offenses in order from the easiest uh, getting harder. Brock Purdy, Russell Wilson, Mike White, Mac Jones, Sam Darnold, Tyler Huntley, Marcus Mariota, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield or John Wolford, and then Tua is 10. So... It's yeah. not really actionable from the quarterback perspective, unless there's somebody there that you want to stream. Are you a Mike White fan or anything like that? I mean, I guess Mike White is is would be the only one if I was, uh, you know, desperate enough. Say I, I just lost Lamar Jackson. I'd probably rather have Mike White than than Tyler Huntley. So, um, yeah, it's 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 tough skating all around. I mean, at this time of year, that's what it is. It's like you know, if you're searching the waiver wire for week 14 uh you know you got to be pretty desperate at this point if you know you must be dealing with either a bye week or, or a significant injury um if you're looking to add to your team this late in the season yeah if there's if there's any benefit to that that slate of quarterbacks is that if you did lose garoppolo you lost stafford lamar jackson one of these starting quarterbacks could be on your waivers in a two quarterback league that you can right. get something out of it's not going to be great but I think yep. for the most part, uh, these good matchups are kind of lost on the quarterbacks. So can you shed some light on this? What about the pass catchers? Is there is there some pass catchers we should be looking for? So, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you ran down the list uh, for, for you know, <clears throat> easiest schedules for quarterbacks because I do have a couple of uh, pass catchers that correlate with, with that schedule. So first one, Demarcus Robinson, uh, the Ravens. Right now he's only 12% rostered, and I go off of Yahoo. Um, Mm-hmm. So just a couple weeks ago in week 11, he caught all nine of his targets for 128 yards. You know, now Lamar Jackson was ruled out of last week's game due to a PCL sprain uh, with just three completions for 11 yards for Lamar Jackson. However, when Tyler Huntley stepped in, Robinson caught seven of eight targets with him under center. 
So this could be a, a good connection between the two for at least the next couple of weeks. Uh, the remaining schedule for uh, Demarcus Robinson, and this is uh, talking about the wide receiver strength. Um, next week they have Pittsburgh, or this week they have Pittsburgh, who um, has given up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. Then it follows Cleveland in week 15. They're middle of the ground against wide receivers. And then championship week, hopefully that's what most people are doing, is week 16 championship week. It's against Atlanta who gives up the sixth most um, fantasy points to wide receivers. However, if you do play in a league where week 17 is the championship, then they go back against Pittsburgh, who, uh, as I said, gives up the third most fantasy points to, to wide receivers. So Marcus Robinson, I think, is somebody who is on the majority of waiver wires and should be added this week. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, again, with that with that quarterback change, you know, you never know when the new quarterback comes in who his guy's going to be, who he's going to target the most. It might provide that shakeup and that opportunity that, you, that you're looking for there. Um, how about another? You got another receiver for us? Yeah, I got another one. So um, we, we talked about Mike White, somebody I'd, I'd like to have because, you know, he's done well. And in, in essentially every game he started, he's he's done. He's been pretty productive. Yeah. Last week he didn't get the touchdowns, but he had over 350 uh, passing yards, I believe. So um, so Corey Davis right now, he's just uh, 13% rostered. And most of that is due because he missed weeks seven through um, through 11 with injury. So now he appears to be fully healthy, just in time to save some people who are desperate at wide receiver. Um, I think this offense has upside with Mike White and um, Davis just had 10 targets against the Vikings last week for 85 yards. And that was with Mike White throwing to him in the remaining games. They have Buffalo this week who is 14th against, uh, you know, wide receivers. So it's middle of the road. Then they have Detroit who's fifth gives, gives up the fifth most fantasy points to wide wide receivers in week 15. And then Jacksonville uh, in week 16, who give up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers. So, that might be a sneaky one because again, Corey Davis prior to last week was his first game back from injury and it was a very quiet day. So I think everyone just kind of has dismissed him, but now he's have, he has two games under his belt after coming back from injury. And last week he had 85 yards on 10 targets. So I think we could see uh, a lot more from Corey Davis in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, that'll be good. And you mentioned that Detroit uh, Jets game. That's the kind of thing that makes me love that fantasy football exists. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I have no interest in Lions Jets. They probably only played each other ever like a half dozen times or something yeah. like that. You know, yeah. just one of those matchups doesn't happen very often. But that could be fantasy gold in that yes. one. Um, so certainly one to watch. I, I think that could be that could be interesting. You know, Jared Goff versus White, who knew? But um, that, that one could certainly be good. Now, one of the positions that's generally barren um, in, in fantasy yeah. football is is the tight end position. But I think that you've got a couple of those that people lean on here. I do. But, you know, I always feel gross talking about tight ends, especially talking about either like streaming a tight end or, or picking one off, off of waivers. Because as we all know, the, the position's pretty awful uh, to, to even roster one solid one on, on in, in, in any given league. But we got a job to do and yeah, okay. I'm going to cover it. So 
first one is Hunter Henry from the Patriots. 35% rostered. He had only two catches last week, but the Patriots offense were dominated by Buffalo on a short week. It was on Thursday night. Um, and the week prior, Henry put up 61 yards and a touchdown. Now, you're going to see these, you know, fluxes with, with tight ends. However, you know, Hunter Henry has been targeted five times in back-to-back games and has one of the easiest schedules for a tight end uh, to finish the season. Um, I'm going to kind of run over the remaining games uh, right here. So this week, week 14, they go against Arizona, who gives up the most fantasy football points to the tight end position. Then Mm -hmm. in week 15, you've got the Las Vegas Raiders, who give the sixth most. Um, And then week 16 is Cincinnati, who is right in the middle there at 16th most. Um, And again, if you play week 17 and your league does that, um, you end it with Miami, who gives up the third most fantasy points to the tight ends. So Hunter Henry is someone to consider if you have someone like um, the Cincinnati tight end. Just lost it because I have him too. Uh, He's injured right now. So if you have an injury at the position or you have someone that's on by, I think Hunter Henry, especially this week against the Arizona Cardinals is, is a good safe bet. I think the new England can certainly be an interesting one. Uh, we saw Mac Jones get, get pretty frustrated with how that game was going. And I, I wonder if that becomes anything, uh, you know, they were sort of spreading the ball around to a bunch of different players. I wonder yeah. if he's wanting to get the ball into players hands that he trusts more. Um, Hunter Henry, Henry's been around for a little while. He's one of those guys that's sure handed big target. If, if that's what Mac Jones wants more of, or if he wants more downfield shots, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But Hunter Henry, he's available in more leagues than he should be. So that's that's certainly an option that you guys could, could follow there. Hayden um, Hurst I, I is imagine... the tight end I, I couldn't think of, and there was another HH. So maybe that's what was throwing me off. <laughs> that's it, yeah. You're getting a little tongue-tied. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, the next tight end I think that you have might not be as available. I think he's starting to people are starting to become aware. Yeah, I mean, well, he's actually about the same, 38% rostered. Uh, Greg Dolchich from the Seahawks, or from Denver, I'm sorry. I have Seahawks here. It's from the Denver Broncos. Now, again, there's not much to like from the tight end position, uh, never mind a tight end from one of the worst offenses in the league. Uh, And how bad is Russell Wilson, by the way? I mean, terrible. It's just so unbelievable. Um, However, you know, this tight end's role is changing, at least – According to Nathaniel Hackett, the Broncos mm-hmm. want to use Dolchich Dolchich as a wide receiver. So, if they did last week what they're going to do going forward, then I'm all in on this guy. He led all the pass catchers with six catches in 85 yards. Cortland Sutton's dealing with a hamstring injury, um, so I think Russell Wilson's likely to continue leaning on the tight end position the rest of the way, and. I don't think the the schedule really matters too much because the Broncos are probably going to be down significantly uh, in a lot of these contests, so they're going to have to throw the ball a ton. So it starts this week against Kansas City. Um, And then in week 15, they do draw Arizona Cardinals, who give up the most points to fancy uh, for the the tight end position. Um, And then week 16, they end it against the Rams, who is a broken team. So I think, uh, you know, between the two, I mean, they're both rostered around 35% of leagues. If um, at least for this week, I would go Hunter Henry. And then next week, 
Dolchich, if you could, if you can pull it off that way, that's how I would handle it. Yeah, I think Dulcich is going to be the the safer of the two, just from a volume perspective. Right. Russell Wilson has his struggles, but who else is he going to throw the ball to? If Cortland Sutton's not there and they're going to use him as a receiver, he's an right. athletic pass-catching tight end. I think you're going to get at least five, six targets a game, and I don't know that you can say that for Hunter Henry. Um, Agreed. Just in that offense, they've been spreading it around so much, so certainly interesting there. Okay, so perhaps the the – Thinnest position as far as needing depth, uh, you know, having injuries, bye weeks, things like that. It always seems to be the running back position. It's it's the value mm. position, the one that everybody's always struggling to fill. I'm going to run through some of the um, the easiest strength of schedule of the rest of the way, and then Nate, maybe you can provide us with some sure. uh, some options here. And I think I've got one or two uh, that I can share as well. But Perfect. it looks like the remaining uh, rest of the season, we've got the easiest strength of schedule being the the Saints, the Titans, the Jets, the Chiefs. Bears, Rams, Colts, uh, Cowboys, Dolphins, and Steelers. Now, some of those players on those teams aren't going to be available. You're not going to be able to go pick up Jonathan Taylor or some of these guys, but I think we might have a couple options for you. Yeah, you actually uh, hit on both of them, uh, which is good. I'll start with uh, Jarek McKinnon from the Chiefs. He's 42% rostered, um, and he doesn't get many rush attempts, but he does have three or more targets in six of his last eight games. He's coming off of 51 rushing yards from his best of the season on just eight attempts, and he added a touchdown reception. Um, and this that was actually in a losing effort um, against the uh, the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Or no, I'm sorry, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep. So, you know, if he had just eight rushes and he was able to turn into 51 uh, rush yards and he added a touchdown you know, in his typical game, which is his receiving game, I think he could be more involved uh, in the weeks going forward. Um, you know, Denver is going to be tough this week, uh, week 14. Um, but again, he's a pass catching back. So um, I think he's game script proof, which is another reason to add him. Uh, and then in week 15, Houston gives up the most fantasy points to the running back position. And then week 16, they get the CL Seahawks who who's given up the second most fantasy points to the position. So I think, you know, again, we've talked about this in prior episodes where, you know, you, you actually have better luck with tight ends on the waiver wire than you do with running backs because everyone wants to scoop up all the running backs. Um, So we're pretty thin at at that position. Uh, But I think Jerick McKinnon, if you need a filler um, again, you know, week 15 is a great matchup and week 16 is even better. He's one of those guys that just, he, he seems just quicker. Every time he touches the ball, I'm always yeah. surprised like how quick he moves. Um, yeah, hopefully agree. he stays healthy. He seems like he's putting it together pretty well this year. And he sort of becomes that slot receiver, the underneath screen guy that they need when they need to put a drive together. So uh, he, he could put together a few receptions on a drive even and, and get you those points that you need, particularly in PPR leagues. Um, Nate, you got another running back? Yeah. Uh, last player I have, um, <laughs> Cam Akers. Uh, yeah. Waking up from the dead, man. Cam Akers, I'm telling you. Uh, he is 46% rostered, so you've got about a 50-50% chance of, of landing him if you can. Um, but honestly, I think it appears the drama is over between Cam Akers and the Rams, at least right now. Yeah. Um, Akers just saw 72% of the snaps against the Seahawks last week. Uh, and he turned it into 17 rushes for 60 yards and two touchdowns. Um, 
he led the backfield in touches and showcases talents um, for a team that is desperate for any offense without Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Um, and their actual their schedule is very uh, running back friendly. This week they have the Raiders, who've given up the sixth most fantasy points. Green Bay Packers in Week 15, who've given up the seventh most, and then Denver, they are 24th, so they're actually pretty good against the run. Um, so you you might want to go somewhere else if you make it to the championship. But if you do play Week 17, uh, it's against the Chargers, who've given up the fifth most points to fans to um, running backs. I'm going to add one more running back to our list before we get out of here, right. and it's Zonovan Knight. Zonovan yes. Knight for the Jets has now put together back-to-back weeks of over 100 total yards. If you squint, it's Brees Hall. Like, this guy is doing everything that you would want a Jets running back to do, and he's their third, fourth-string running back at this point. Like, yeah. But he's, he's getting in there, and he's producing. Uh, James Robinson's been a, a healthy scratch. Like, they're just done with him. Zonovan Knight's completely taken over. Um, this Jets offense is one of those ones you want to root for just because it's it's a bunch of guys. Corey Davis has been a journeyman. Mike yeah. White, like, who's that? Zonovan Knight getting it done. Um, they're relying on a rookie wide receiver. It's been a lot of fun to watch this team. I think you're going to enjoy Zonovan Knight in your lineups. If you can get him, you know, he's about 50% on. I think he's about 47% on. 47, the, the yeah. leagues we were looking at. Yeah, yeah so... Um, Zonovan Knight, they've got the uh, third easiest strength of schedule. Uh, he's heavily involved. Um, you know, I, I don't think that Michael Carter, uh, even if he, if he's completely right, is going to dislodge this kid entirely. Uh, they yeah. might get a little bit more of a platoon, but he's getting it done in the passing game. He's getting it done on the ground. Uh, you could definitely do a lot worse other than Zonovan Knight for your playoff run. Yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a great one because I actually I picked him up uh, prior to last week's games because I did have Michael Carter in both my leagues. So. Um, yeah, he's been a, a nice surprise. And we usually see this, you know, this time of year where it's like a playoff winner and it's somebody who did not contribute at all, all season long. And all of a sudden in the playoffs, they become this. So he's likely to, I can already tell you, he's going to go much higher in drafts that I'll, I'll feel comfortable with next year. But right now I'm, I'm happy with him on my roster for the playoffs. If yeah, I'm no making right. <laughs> Okay, well, that, that's going to do it for our episode tonight. A little bit of a shorter one. Uh, apologize if any of these technical uh, difficulties come through on the podcast. Doing the best we can. We'll try to get those cleaned up, but we will be back next week. Stay tilted. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Fantasy Tilt Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Tilt Pod. Help support the show by subscribing and please leave us a review on iTunes.